Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 69 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Hunter x Hunter, episode 63 through 66, where Gon and Killua learn Ko and Ken. Yeah, Ko and Ken, the brothers from the original Street Fighter series, uh, they actually got a different character later on um, that was actually like this evil version of them, and then he fought inside of like this this weird like uh, like tournament arc where they, they fought against this guy that was Russian, um, and he could spin through the air, um, and he was called a bison, but I'm not sure he was really a bison. Um, none of that is correct. Whatever, let's just jump in. That was, like, that was probably the closest we've gotten to, like, the <laughs> traditional format that we set up in a while. And I like. I know, it. right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, we got a couple of pre-show things, and it's all well, not all. I mean, there's tenant stuff, but there's some news that I'm excited to share. But I, the the thing I thought about the other day when I found out this news is that we're still recording ahead of time. Like this is being recorded on the last day of um, November, and. Yeah. It's not going to be released for almost a week and a half, I guess 10 days from when we recorded it. So uh, it's already been like, what, like two days since I found out this information and you've been posting about it on social media, you know, (laughs) on our podcast page. So like if you guys have been following us on social media or if you've been following anime news uh, or Netflix news, you probably already know all this shit from like two weeks ago. So sorry, this is kind of still breaking news when I'm talking about it. But uh, it's yeah. it's not when you're listening to it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the first and foremost thing that we wanted to go over is uh, check out um, our YouTube channel for sure. Um, but the the other thing that I wanted to like dip my toe into before we like talk about um, these series is um, I wanted to talk about like anime blogging in general um, because I've been I've been really. Uh, reaching out to different bloggers inside of uh, the, both like the the northwest area of the country, but also just like anime bloggers throughout the country, and I've been finding a lot of really badass ones. Um, so the first thing that I wanted to mention on the show is that if you listen and you blog or you're interested in the show, please reach out to us. I want to talk to more bloggers about this because as we move into this kind of like foray, we want to talk to people that are doing the same sort of thing um, so that we can get a feel for like what they found that works and doesn't work because we want to give people like, especially our listeners, um, something that they, they want to hear about. So if you're a blogger, let us know because we want to talk to you about that. And if you're not a blogger but you're somebody who reads anime blogs or you, um, you, you like the show and just want to talk to us about that. We want to talk to you. Um, cause I'm finding that like, I had a hard time with Reddit for a little while. And then I had a little bit of a hard time when I was getting into like talking to people on the other groups like Twitter and Facebook. But as I like dove further into the Facebook group, I just joined this, uh, this group that's just like, uh, anime isn't just for kids. Um, and it's, it's full of these awesome people that really want to talk about, um, how stuff, uh, you know, how anime is doing, what's going on inside of the anime world. And they, 
they want to talk about this kind of stuff. And I was like, as I talked to them and had like a, you know, a 15 minute conversation with them via Facebook, I was like, Oh, you'd be interested in our show. These are three other blogs that I found that you might be interested in. These are two other anime podcasts that you might be interested in. And here's one, uh, that you know, it's not about anime, but you might also like, like we're fans too. So if you want to talk to us about stuff, like, we want to talk to you about it. So yeah. please reach out to us. You also probably have heard us talk about Forever Summer. It's a part of our intro, or sorry, a part of our outro every week. And Forever Summer is the name that we gave to our, our like production company, which is not really... It's what we... It's like the umbrella that we put stuff we make underneath. And yeah. um, it's also the that's what we're talking about with the website. That's why it's not named after our web series or after this podcast or whatever, because we want that umbrella to be like, this is the stuff we made, but it's not just the stuff that we make because part of what we have always talked about since the idea for a forever summer first came to us was that like, you know, we have stuff that we want to make and share with people, but we also know that other people have stuff that they make and share. And if you want to share your stuff through Forever Summer, either by reaching out to us as part of the, you know, as something connected to the podcast, or if, you, if you're just making content, like, you can reach out to us. We don't necessarily show everything that everybody sends to us always, no matter what. But if you're if you're making something that we like and we think that people should have eyes on, we would love to promote it, whether it's anime related or not. Of course, this yeah. being an anime podcast, yeah. If you're a blogger, if you have YouTube content, if you make an uh, another anime podcast, like whatever it is that you're doing, if you're making content that people might be interested in, um, then let us know because we're happy to support it and spread it around because uh, cool things are cool and we want people to see them. Yeah, and even if like we we did all of these uh this like cosplay stuff, all these different cosplayers, I have two different cosplayers that I'm slated to have an interview with because they're badass people inside of the anime world that I want to talk to and I want to learn about where where and why they got into this. So I mean like if you're into it, be into it and talk to us about it. We yeah. want to talk to you. With that being said, Crazy fucking news has been happening on Netflix. Yeah, uh, it's a good time to be a Netflix foremost. subscriber in 2019. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Jeez. Oh, my God. Uh, so, first and foremost, I wanted to point out that uh, Cowboy Bebop is getting a live-action series. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm yeah, nervous me neither. about it. I, I'm ex- <laughs> I am excited, but also nervous. Like, tentatively excited. Um, I've actually been talking to a group, uh, the, the Cowboy Bebop Reddit... Um, about this and about how I feel on it. And my my sort of consensus from most of those people is that they're like tentatively excited about it. But my my main thing that I've said a couple of times inside of there is just like, can we just get that fucking HBO money one time? Yeah. Or that fucking Strangers thing like Stranger yeah, Things you money know one Netflix fucking has time. that cash. It, it, it's yeah. just like uh, so Cowboy Bebop, it's a good idea. You know, you can you could do a direct translation. You could do a shot for shot remake, and it would make a good live action show because it's a really yeah. well fucking done anime. It, you could also write a show that goes on for as many seasons as it's successful. Like you could have something that ran for seven or eight seasons if people watched it that was based off of Cowboy Bebop and also be yeah. good. There are a thousand ways this could come out. 
the big problem is that it's it might struggle to pull in non-anime fans that don't recognize the IP. And for people that are anime fans, it's going to be a hard sell because Cowboy Bebop is so beloved and is so high quality. And, and like yeah. from my perspective, I definitely want to see some re I want to see a lot of recreation of what we've got in the anime, but obviously I'd like for there to be a lot of new stuff and a lot of surprises. And I kind of just, my expectations are that it's not going to be as good as the anime because the anime is so fucking good that it's hard to recapture that. And of course it will not be able to stand on its own. It's going to be put up beside the anime, no matter what. But also, yeah. I, I don't know, it's a good series, and if you get a good creative team on it, then you're, you know, you can make something good even if it's not quite, you know, at the quality of the original that it's based off of. You know, that doesn't yeah. mean it's not good. And the other good news about this is that um, Watanabe, I don't, I didn't write down his first name, but Watanabe yeah. is the guy who created Cowboy Bebop, and he is going to be a consultant on this series. So he's going to have some yeah. say and it's that's really good news. Yeah, I the thing that that sort of set me aback about it is that they they floated out Keanu Reeves as Spike Spiegel. Um and I'm like, look, I I want to see John Wick in space too. Um but like I I also hold to the fact that like this is one of those series that you really really don't actually have to worry about whitewashing as much for every character. There are some characters that are Japanese or Japanese descendants. Yeah, but Faye most is of the characters from Singapore, I believe. But it's yes, also super they're... future Singapore, so some of the rules might not apply. Yeah, but there are characters that are American inside of the Cowboy Bebop uh, like uh, franchise or the inside of the show. There are some characters are that are from America. Inside of the movie, there are two characters that are um are from like uh, Middle Eastern descent or like Israeli descent. Um uh, gosh, uh what is her name? Um oh god. Uh the the woman that's in uh that was like involved with um God, what is his We've name? We've got an episode about the movie. Go check it out. <laughs> yeah, go check it out. But, like, they're part of, like, the Israeli special forces in space. Um, and uh, Or at least I'm pretty sure they are. Um, I could totally be wrong here. But uh, the way that he drew these characters um, and the way that their artistic team drew these characters was supposed to be ambiguous unless they were named with the country that they come from. But we're also way in the future in space where everything is basically had to turn into a melting pot because otherwise like you, you know, you don't have these original countries that are separated by land masses anymore because uh spoiler alert for cowboy bebop, the earth ain't so good anymore. Yeah. So like, I think, um, yeah, I, I read some stuff about that and I, I definitely think that some question of that is inevitable. There is, there are always people who, in these situations, if somebody that is white gets cast in these roles, they're going to say, yeah, but it's an Asian property. Why aren't you casting Asian actors? Um, and, you know, even if you can get away with casting white people, there's validity to that because there are a lot of Asian actors and there's not as many Asian roles. And so you can yeah. argue that casting white people in those roles is taking, you know, opportunity away from Asian people where opportunity is limited, while white people don't yeah. really have that limited opportunity. On the flip side of it, there uh, there's also 
the idea that, yeah, this does not necessarily need to be specific ethnicities for many of these characters um, because of the way that the, you know, it's so far future. It's very sci-fi. They aren't from specified places. They are not clearly written to be Japanese. I, I would say that a lot of the characters have a sort of familiar Western aesthetic, which doesn't necessarily yeah. make them Western, especially but it fucking, justifies it if like, you decide that. Yeah, especially fucking, like, if they put, like, Andy inside of the show. If you put Andy, the fucking guy on the horse, yeah, in the show... Yeah, he's definitely Western. Uh, and, yeah. And like, there's characters like Ed, where, you know, if you give a Japanese person bright red hair, that is dyed or unnatural in some way. Whereas red hair occurs naturally in more Western regions. So you have stuff like that. And there's also the case to be made like they did with Hermione in um, The Cursed Child, where they they cast a black actress to play her. And that was sort of a reimagining of the character, but it, it, you know, it kind of fits. And that's another angle that you can take where these characters, most of them don't have strong racial um, connections or backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And so you can kind of cast them as whatever. I mean, you could you could cast... Uh, Jet or Spike as a black actor, and there would really not be any any disconnect from that character as a character, aside from not looking like how they're drawn in the series. Um, yeah. It, so all of that said, yeah, I think we're going to get that. I don't think it's going to be as virulent as the uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, M Night Shyamalan thing, where. Uh, the people who were heroes all turned into white people, even though they were definitely based off of non-white people and the people who were villains all got to stay non-white people. That was super fucked up and also not true to the source material, which had very specific racial and cultural heritage connections. Yeah. That shit makes me so fucking mad. And like the fucking dragon ball movie, like we can just write these off as a lot of other problems. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyways. And then there's also Ghost in the Shell. Um, And that was a more complicated issue because if you look at the world of Ghost in the Shell, it is also far future and also sci-fi and literally people changing bodies and the main character literally changing bodies partially to be unrecognizable to people. And so there's a case to be made for Scarlett Johansson or some other non-Asian actress uh being that character but again that one i think played into that idea that there are already so few asian roles that taking them away is taking them away whereas scarlett johansson's not hurting for parts yeah all that these are complicated issues um so everybody try to stay chill uh try to be uh reasonable and you know be passionate but don't be rude and, um, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see how this goes. That stuff is definitely coming, but I think Cowboy Bebop yeah. based on the IP should hopefully get out fairly unscathed from those inevitable arguments. Yeah. Uh, the other that news. being said, <laughs> let's, let's go ahead. We, we should go ahead and jump in. Um, well, uh, the other news we... is pretty brief. It's just that Neon Genesis and all of its forms are coming to Netflix in 2019. Uh, yeah, but that's just good that's things. <laughs> anime, movies, whatever. If you want to watch or rewatch Neon Genesis Evangelion or the movies and shit that they made around it, it's going to be there. Yeah. Anyway, <sighs> let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, previously on uh, Hunter x Hunter, which we're covering this week. 
Yeah, so we have our main characters, Gon and Killua. They are both around 12 years old. They are both fairly energetic. Um, Gon is the super enthusiastic type. Killua is a little bit more quiet and reserved. They are super best friends and kind of the best friends in all of anime. They are in this place called Greed Island. It is a special video game that you can only get to if you have mastered a certain level of Nen, which is this universe's sort of special ability empower it's the life force that allows you to do crazy special attacks that you see in anime greed island it turns out is a real place that is sort of hidden from the real world and you can get to it by transporting yourself there so they're not actually in a digital world like they might have thought they were originally um this was also created by gon's absentee father named jing gon's entire purpose for being in this show for pursuing his hunter's license and most of the stuff he's pursued since getting the hunter's license is to find his father and kind of figure out why he left and reconnect with him. Um, and uh, they also have met this person named Biscuit. Not that's literally her name. And uh, she is a very young girl, except she's actually in her fifties. She just looks like a young girl and she is also a Nen master. She is going to be teaching them. She actually told them at the end of our last episode's worth of coverage that she was going to be their master. And they were like, uh, I don't know about that. You're just kind of saying it. We haven't agreed to this. Um, and yeah. so we're going to pick up there. There's some stuff about cards. Like in order to beat Greed Island, you have to get some specific cards. And we'll start to get into that near the end. Yeah. You basically we'll collect items <laughs> and they turn into cards and you need specific items to win the game. And nobody has won but there's some groups trying to pool their resources to do that. So yeah. we'll talk about that in a minute. But first, Biscuit. Cool. So let's start out with episode 63, AX Hard X Master. Um, so uh, Biscuit or Bisky, uh, you might be hearing inside of like the subtitled version of it. Um, she introduces herself. Uh, she lets them know that she's a pro hunter, um, and she's the one who taught Wing. You might remember Wing is the person that trained Gon and Killua when they were in that like Tower of Terror, um, <laughs> where they were fighting up against a whole bunch of different uh, rivals. And then uh, Gon got into a uh, you know a Beyblade fight, and also mm -hmm. a. Uh, <laughs> How did we not talk about it. Beyblades way back then? What the fuck were we thinking? I don't know. There was also a guy in a wheelchair that had a <laughs> yeah. really powerful wheelchair. Did you ever watch Beyblade? Because I watched like no. Yu-Gi-Oh! and maybe like one or two other of those shows I've seen like a section of, but I never watched Beyblade. I just assumed it was kind of the same thing. Yeah. If anyways, you watched Beyblade, uh, tell us about it. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, um, so uh, uh, Biscuit is going to, she's going to explain um, basically how to catch the cards um, if you, if you want to take them down, you have to do like specific things and that some of these cards that they're already trying to catch are very simple and they're having a really hard time doing it so far. So she's going to point out that like, you need to become stronger in order to finish this game. Otherwise you're going to get beaten and or killed. Yeah. Basically the enemies here are easy, but they're not easy for you. And that's a problem. Um, yeah. So they kind of agree uh, based off of her convincing argument that they should learn from her. And right about that time, she senses somebody's bloodlust. Yeah. Just so seeps out for a second, but she's like, it was enough. I noticed it. And you guys didn't, which is another reason why you need me. Yeah. 
So this uh this bloodlusty person is going to be serial killer Benolt, who is by far one of my favorite villains in the show so far. Um, he has really? a very small role to play. I love this character. Huh. Um, so the the way that he is played inside of the show, um, is he is this crazy serial killer that fights with scissors, and the reason he fights with scissors, we'll get um some backstory behind him in um in a little while, but it's I'll, I'll just go ahead and say. When he was a young child, he accidentally um, ran into these people and they dropped these, like, their whatever they were carrying along with them. It yeah, broke some like, scissors in half and stuck into the rich ground. Rich people cutting through a poorer part of town to make a shortcut, yeah. but being, like, hella haughty about it. Yeah, and they beat the shit out of the kid For after bumping he into runs them into on it, accident. which is Benolt. Yeah, and so after this happens, he looks down and sees a fucking broken scissors on the ground, and then he just fucking kills them. Yeah, like you do. <laughs> he he just becomes this like psychopathic killer. But the way that this is why is you should putting... be nice to strangers. <laughs> yeah. So so they um uh Benolt is gonna try to run up on them and uh and. Uh, try to attack them at the same time. But before he can do that, um, Biscuit is like, I'm going to run this way. You two run the other way. He's going to chase after me because it's just one of me and two of you. But after you get over to that rock over there, hide your aura and then run back and catch up with me. They run away, try to catch up. Benolt chases after her like she says she he was going to. They get there in time to see her fight against um, against Benolt. And he just gets crushed. Yeah, um, he goes into stab. He goes into like stab her, but he can't catch her in time. Instead, he cuts off some of her hair, and then he eats her hair, which is one of his abilities. Um, which is kind of weird, but also kind of like crazy, cool, and yeah, also like a, like a total serial killer point. move. And it's yeah, it's creepy, so it's it works. Yeah. So the thing that. It, it, one of the reasons why I think all of the villains inside of Hunter are so good is because they give them way too much backstory, even though they're just such minor characters. Yeah, but not like, like Naruto can... in the middle of a fight backstory. Yeah. And so you can kind of like realize about this that number one, he's like sharpened his teeth down so that he can more easily um, eat hair. The other thing is that he became obsessed with these scissors after becoming a serial killer after somebody treated him terribly as a child. So he went through a traumatic experience. And then that's turned into like scissors plus hair equals his obsession. Um, and part of his obsession is to obsessively like obtain something. So he turned his nin power. The thing that you build from the ground up as like one of the most powerful things you can do as somebody who's a nin user, and he uses it to uh, uh like appease his obsession, which yeah. is just like such a cool character point. Yeah, it's great. He he eats the hair, uh, and once he does that, he knows everything about you, basically your physical body. He knows more about your body than you do, and that yeah. essentially gives him the edge in battle because now he knows your weaknesses and he knows where to stab you and shit. Um, yeah. Biscuit is not going to be beaten by this, and she, in fact, beats the fuck out of him instantaneously. And in then one hit, she flips him over her body. Yeah, and it's then so hits quick him. it really can't be called a fight. Yeah, but she hits him with just her nin. She doesn't strike with her fist. 
She throws it at him and stops before hitting him and throws the nin through his body so hard that it basically like it almost like ruptures his bodily or- organs. Yeah, because otherwise she would have killed him, I, be- I believe she says. That's the kind oh, of yeah. thing she might have said, so I think she says that. So <laughs> then she's going to set up this really – I kind of love – so I wanna, I'm going to digress for just a second here and talk about training arcs. Training arcs are super common in anime. You almost always in anime where a character must fight other characters will have a sort of lower intensity, uh, a little bit distanced from the plot training arc before they go and get into a fight where they get to show off their new powers and how much stronger they got. And the training arcs almost always suck. Like... They are not as good at building tension as you'd like them to be by setting up little breadcrumbs for something, for some cool new move that you're going to see later. They often dwell a little bit on how much repetition and how much time it takes to train. And this is one of the masterful things about Hunter x Hunter is that it shows us the training, but the training is smart in a way that feels like cool world building it feels like i understand how their powers work it feels like i understand how their powers grow and then a lot of time passes without us having to fucking sit through it so we basically get to see the setup the explanation and the payoff without any of the downtime that most anime do with their training arcs and it's awesome Yeah. So also most of the training is going to take place in a single episode, which almost never fucking happens. Yeah. I think they they end up continuing to train for a total of like three episodes here, but it is, it's broken up really well and it is a lot of different stages of training. We don't have to wait around. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, uh, they are going to fight against Benolt. Um, Benolt has been, has been hurt. So he's, he's not going to be able to fight at full strength. Yeah. And there's Killawan and gone. They're specifically in a crater that Biscuit will not allow any of them to leave. And the goal is for one of them, like either Benolt hits one of the kids or the kids hit Benolt. And once they do that, the training is over. Yeah. Um, so they're going to be in this, uh, in this fight with, with Benalt. Um, they're going to be going back and forth with him. Uh, they're going to watch time pass and they're going to slowly become more and more powerful. They're also being trained to keep on their guard, even when they're like falling asleep, uh, so that Benalt can't attack them while they're asleep. Um, you also see eventually that they become so powerful that they swing at Benalt and almost hit him and then stop themselves beforehand because they're like, Hey, we have more time to spend inside of here. We should take advantage of it until the the very last second it's a good character moment too because kill gone is the one who pulls his punch and killer was like what are you doing hit him that's the goal and gone is like we we've gotten here before the time limit we have all that time remaining to get to the point where we can beat him one-on-one instead of beating him as a team so let's use that correct It's yeah, awesome. so they say that they say that like it's two on one still. We need to get one on one and be able to defeat him easily, or we don't deserve to be able to beat him. And the yeah. whole time, Benolt is becoming more and more aware of how minuscule his power is in comparison to them. Yeah, he is and not also, growing, and they are. Wait, he is growing though, because well, Benolt through this 
is learning that he's just like, this is what it means to be brought up by somebody that cares about you and cares where you're going inside of your life. And by the end of it, when he is defeated, he apologizes to Biscuit and to Killua and to Gon for everything that he's done in his life and says he's going to go turn himself in. It's just like... A full character arc. Yeah. In in, one episode episode. for this minor character. (laughs) And he also, at the end, he turns himself in by being like, it has become clear that I will never defeat you. So I'm not going to battle anymore. And as the result of that, you can hit me. You can kill me. Those were the rules. And gone is like, no, why would I do that? It's your fault that we got stronger. I am going to thank you and send you on your way. Gone is the best kid. Yeah. Anyways, so the rest of the episode is all about them learning how to dig and learning other abilities uh, throughout this. It's going to yeah, they... go into this uh, this next episode, sure. um, which is 64, Strengthen X and X Threaten. Um, so we're going to go back and forth between... Um, uh, Masadora. It's Masadora. Yeah, between Masadora... Whatever. <laughs> okay, anyways... So they're going to go back and forth between Masadora and back. Um, at the same time, they're going to be taught about um, a couple of different um, abilities that are going to be inside of this world um, or, or in the world of Nin. Um, the first and foremost is uh, we learn about uh, Ko. Um, well, but before that, they, the digging thing, they learn to envelop. So they, they learn to put their aura around stuff they're holding. Oh, yeah, um, I forgot about... Th- I thought that was after they learned Cohen Ken. No, that's the digging, and then they go back to do Cohen Ken after they... Well, they catch the monsters next, I think, before Cohen Ken. So they, they go mm-hmm. back after they dig, and Biscuit's like, okay, you're now strong enough to catch the monsters in the area, so go do it. And then it's a pretty quick montage of them doing it. Um, yeah. So... Let me break down the other things that are going to be happening inside of uh, this episode because there is a um, a plot A, a plot B, and a plot C inside of this episode that we're going to be introduced to. Um, all of these are going to carry over in through the next three episodes, um, so we need to kind of remind them. So plot A is going to be Gone and Killua training with Biscuit. Um, this is going to be really important uh, uh, to them being trained, but... It also has a little bit of connection to somebody they've met before, which goes into plot B. Plot B is going to be um, the epic struggle between the Mad Bomber and the group of the other card hunters that are going to be on on Greed Island that have teamed up with him to get all these cards. The moral of the story, don't team up with the Mad Bomber. (laughs) Uh Yeah, you'll remember from the beginning we talked about how you have to obtain the cards to win at Greed Island, and a couple of groups have banded together to obtain the cards because it's too hard to do it on your own. And mm. what I didn't mention is that there is a serial killer called the Bomber who is somehow causing people to explode. And uh, we're yeah. going to find out who that is. Cool. And then C-plot, which is going to be the least important plot, but um, also one of my favorite things about the show, is mm-hmm. going to be the Phantom Troop who's decided to show up at Greed Island because they were like, well, if we can't get in through the game, let's just go in and find it as an island. Yeah. Um, so- it's so weird. The Phantom Troop are set up as these great villains, and then they, for the most part, are... Although I would say it's a little unfulfilling from what I was hoping when they were introduced. And then they go on to just be recurring characters that are, like, doing shit in the background. Like, you can tell that the creator just really (laughs) likes these characters. And it's like, they're doing stuff, too, and I care about it, so you have to see it. 
Yeah, I fucking love them so much. Yeah. Um, anyways, great. anyways, um, so Gon and Killua are gonna continue to train. They're gonna learn about Ko and Ken. Um, so the the biggest thing that you need to learn about these abilities um, is it's the ability to focus your aura in different places and yeah. do it very quickly so that you can block really powerful punches. So let's yeah. say I threw a punch and it had 90% of my, um, of my Nin inside of that punch. If I didn't block at the point of contact with a 90% of my Ken or a 90% of my uh, Nen at the spot where you struck, instead I had like 10% there, it would break that shield and probably kill me or yeah. break me apart. Yeah, being um, hit by Nen when you're not protecting by Nen is extremely devastating. And yeah. so and the, the, the idea is basically trying to match your opponent's power with your own to protect yourself. Yeah. And the way that she shows this off is that she throws a punch super slow at um at Gon. And Gon puts up a fi- like puts up a uh, a little bit of his nin to the area and he's focusing in that area but when he notices that it's moving really slow, he lets it slide for just a second and in that second the the nin can- comes into contact with him and when it does, it's so powerful it shoots him across uh I wanted to say the level um but shoots I mean- him across like the fields where they are. Um and he is hurt by it, even though she didn't use any of her strength or any of her speed. So yeah. she's like, if if you cannot stop my Nen by putting your Nen in place to stop it, you're going to get severely hurt, even if the person isn't trying to throw a good punch at you. Just because their Nen will, um, will exceed out forwards and hurt you, even if I'm not trying to. Yeah. So they spend a decent portion of the episode practicing... Uh, they'll they will trade really like Gon and Killua trade slow motion blows between each other where the person striking will try to increase the percentage of their nan power that's going to a specific point to a specific mm-hmm. point and yeah. the uh, defender will try and sense what amount of power that is and counter it on their own and yeah. Biscuit thinks something to herself about if they keep this up for some number of weeks, they'll be able to do it on the fly at actual combat speed. Um, yeah. Then at some point, she has this thing where if she points her, if she puts her hand up with one finger pointing in the air, that means that she's forming a number be- with her Nen, and they have to sense it and tell her what number it is. And at this with point. Yeah, at this point in the story, they've gotten so good that they're starting to do it quickly enough that she's not punishing them with push-ups, and that they are doing it as quickly as each other, so neither one of them is winning. And so she calls it a draw, and they're like, well, that's no fun if nobody wins. They're fucking insane. And, (laughs) And so they do rock, paper, scissors to see who was the real winner, and Killua has to do the push-ups, and then Biscuit tells us this story where basically th- there is this story that Rock, Paper, Scissors was possibly created by martial arts masters as an extension of their martial arts, that each one of the three symbols represents a different type of martial arts strike, and that martial arts were banned for a period of time in the past and so martial arts masters created rock paper scissors as a sneaky way to practice martial arts moves while under the guise of just playing an innocent game and this gives gone an idea 
Yeah. So Gon has decided that he wants to take rock, paper, scissors, and he wants to use it with his enhancer ability um, so that he can uh, do a rock attack, which is uh, where he is going to be able to um, focus all of his strength into his fist and make a super powerful punch. His yeah. second ability that he wants to learn how to do is scissors, where he'll make a uh, nin blade so that he can cut through something. And yeah, his and third that's a ability... transmuter type. You'll remember there's like six different types of nin users, and you are one type, and you're kind of good at the types on either side, and you're not really good at the other ones. So he's mm-hmm. accessing his main type with rock, and then paper and scissors are using his auxiliary types. Yeah, and his third ability is going to be paper where he was going to actually throw his nin out um, and so that he can hit something kind of like a projectile. Yeah, um, and that's the emitter while, type. Yeah, while they're u- doing this, uh, Killua is also going to show that he's working on his ability, which is to emit electricity. Um, Biscuit is going to think to herself, like, oh, God, what was this kid's past if yeah. he already knows how to make electricity? His his childhood must be a nightmare, is what she says. Yeah. Um, anyways, so let's while learn this about is the happening, <laughs> so while the, this is happening, one group has gathered most of the cards they need. They're strategizing and kind of celebrating on how to get the rest. And then one dude is like, his name's Genthru. We've seen him before. He's kind of this unassuming dude. He's got blonde hair and glasses, and he looks he looks a little underdesigned. Like maybe he's kind of a side character or a throwaway character, um, which is clever because he's actually super important. And this is where we find out he reveals that he is the bomber and he's going to explode how his power works, which is essentially a game of tag where you explode. Basically he has to touch you and say the word bomber at some point. And we get some flashbacks of characters with him, like putting his hand on their arm or like fist bumping them or something like that. And being like, Oh, this must've been done by the bomber or whatever, when they're talking about murders. And what they didn't know was he was putting bombs on them. And he then will be able to set them off, like put them on a timer and cause them to explode with a special word that he shares with two other dudes who are also the bomber for some reason. I guess they share like a trilogy power or something. Um, He can also make things explode with his hands like Bakugo from My Hero Academia. Um, And he basically tells them that in order to set off the countdown, he had to explain his powers. They can de-bomb themselves by touching him and say I saying I caught the bomber but he has already demonstrated when their best fighter tried to do that and he blew up his face that that was not really going to be an option um and so he's like here's the deal you guys have to give up your cards to me and my friends and if you don't I'm going to blow all of you up so bye and then he leaves the game yeah he's a fucking dick anyways um so the phantom troop the Phantom Troop has, uh, has gotten to the island. Uh, they have come via boat, um, and they are going to try to get onto the island. I can't remember um, if it if it's we get to see him at the very end of that episode but it, or if it's next one, but it's whatever. Actually- Let's go ahead and go into episode 65, Evil, Fix, uh, Evil Fist X and X Rock, Paper, Scissors. So the Phantom Troop is going to be met by a, one of the Game Masters. Um, yeah, we'll learn more about him next he's- Hunter fucking Hunter. awesome he's so cool he is he's one it, of my favorite characters that's introduced inside of this part of the the story it is one of my favorite and most memorable confrontations which is the one we're going to be covering next time that involves him and it's also one of the things i love about anime like take something 
mundane and turn it into a bitchin' ass power. This guy's power yeah. is volleyball, and it's so fucking cool. Yeah, so here's what he can do, though. When they arrive on the island, he understands that the Phantom Troop, he is not going to be able to take them down by himself. But they have arrived at Greed Island, and on Greed Island, because it is surrounded by a very powerful Nin ability, the Nin ability gives them the uh, gives him the ability to exile anybody he wants from the island as long as they're a game master. So he exiles them, and they a fly game away. Master, not a gay master. That's something else. <laughs> Anyways. So they fly away from the island, and then he looks at their boat, and he's just like, oh, that boat's still here, though. And so he, like, turns Nin into, like, a ball, which looks like a fucking Dragon Ball Z attack. It's he so throws great. up in the air and spikes it into the boat, and then the boat fucking explodes! Yeah, he used the power of volleyball to destroy a boat. <laughs> oh my god, it's so fucking awesome. Anyways, so, we're um, gonna see more of him next time, it's so fucking awesome, but before we get there... Uh, we're going to see Gon is developing his rock, paper, scissors technique, but rock's really the only one that works right now. He doesn't know how to send out his Nen and he hasn't really figured out scissors at all. Um, and the same time we're going to have a plot part two, um, which is so random, but I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Killua has realized that he needs to go take his hunter exam. So he's going to go take it. He runs out of the. They're just like, oh shit, the the hunter exam. That's a thing that happens. Uh, Why don't you leave the story we're telling right now and go do that for a second? So he goes and he takes the hunter exam, aces it super fast inside of the first round. We have to talk about how he aces it. He goes. They they have like a big room where everybody is gathered, and the the first part of the exam is basically a dude comes out and he's like, "Hey, there's too many people. We need to cut it down." So uh, everybody wears badges for the hunter exam with their number on it, and he's like, "If you can knock five people out and bring me their badges, you get to go through to the next round." Killua decides that the quickest way to end the hunter exam is to knock everybody out and take their badges, which he does in an hour and a half, most of which is spent gathering the badges, not knocking the people out. <laughs> and then he comes in and the, he's like, so are we done? <laughs> guys like, I mean, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, at the same time, uh, uh, Biscuit and Gone are training. Um, they're going to be told about the bomber situation, but they, um, uh, Gone wants to go help out with it. But Biscuit's like, you don't know where they are. You don't know how to help. The best thing that you can do right now is become stronger and learn yeah. how to use your ability. And eventually you're going to probably run into this person anyways. So you need to be ready for them. Um, yeah. So he's going to continue to train. Yeah, the group that the bomber is extorting, they try a couple of different tactics. They ask for more time, stuff like that. They finally acquiesce to their demands, which is to give up all of the cards they found and three of the cards that allow you to, excuse me, to leave the game. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the pact. Um, and they're like, okay, so you're going to release the bombs on us. And Genthru is like, of course, I'm a man of my word. He is not and immediately kills all of them. Only one okay. of them survives because he went off on his own and has the ability to undo Nen abilities. Yeah, which is a very important Super plot important. point. Yes. And this plot point is not going to be important for so long. Yeah, does they, it even get picked they, up by the end of the anime? As a reminder, the manga continues past the anime, so there is much more story yes. even after the show ends. And I I don't remember this coming back around, but it might have Yeah, in the manga, in the manga they find this character after the Mad Bomber. Um uh well, something happens to the Mad Bomber. But anyways, um <laughs> this guy has the ability no uh, to 
Yeah. This guy has the ability to connect with these wood spirits who give him an ability. Um, the ability is that he can summon a demon um, of the forest that can absorb a uh, nin ability until that nin ability is either dispelled or the person is destroyed. But the thing is about it is after he summons this um, this uh, nin monster or this wood spirit like demon, um, what it's going to do is it's going to hang on him like a weight until it is um, it is taken away. So this thing eats the bomb before it goes off because the mad bomber is going to activate them and kill all of these fucking people that have been trying to help the mad bomber get all these cards. Yeah. And it's, it's just going to wrap itself around this character and he's just going to like put on a shawl that he was carrying yeah, and like he's, walk away. He's going to put on, uh, I don't know if it's a turban. It's like a, a full body cloak that reveals only your eyes. And it's kind of like a a burqa, I think, is similar to that, where it's very, like, fully covering him. But the purpose here is not only to hide this gross Nen creature that's now hanging out with him, but also so that he can pretend to be somebody else, because the Mad Bomber will obviously assume that he has died. And this way, maybe he can get some revenge. Yeah. Okay, so then um, uh, Killua is going to get back, meet up with Gon. They're going to have like a, a charming conversation about the shape-changing yeah. demons well, that helped. Don't forget the name of the episode, Spencer. That's your number one deal. Wait, what are you talking about? That happens at the very end of the last episode. The no, next wait. episode is We're episode. way into 66. <laughs> We're like oh, 10 whatever. minutes into that episode. <laughs> Anyways, this is Strategy X and X Scheme. This episode is going to be all about um, uh, the all of the different things that uh, Biscuit is doing, uh, teaching, yeah. um, what's going weird. on. Weirdly, this is the lightest episode that we're covering today, even though it's the last yeah. one. It, it, this is technically where Killua does the Hunter exam thing. He did some other shit in the previous episode. and Yeah. Um, the big thing here is we're going to find out that the Phantom Troop has returned to Greed Island through the proper channels. Um, once Killua gets back, he's also going to find out that Gon and Biscuit have obtained a lot of cards. And they deter- he's like, well, why don't we use some of them? So they're going to use a card called Contact that allows you to contact anybody that you've met before who is on Greed Island. And they're going to see a name on there, Crollo Lucifer, that they have seen before because he is the leader of the Phantom Troop. But there's something weird about this because the leader of the Phantom Troop, his Nen was locked away by Karapika. And you have to use Nen to get to the island. So they're very confused by this. And they start to investigate. Um, Kilo is actually going to leave the game a second time so that he can call Karapika and talk about this. And Garapika's like, no, I set that trap on him. I would know if he took it off. And also, I mean, obviously there are ways to take it off, which like offends Killua because he and Gon never thought that Nan abilities could be removed. But everybody <laughs> else was like, of course they can be. They can be put there so they can be taken back. Yeah. And um, meanwhile, we'll see the Phantom Troop is also debating this because they have also happened to use that card. And they're like, well, he can't be here, but maybe he is. And then they're like, okay, here's the deal. He probably tried to come here the way we did the last time and got expelled from the island. And since he doesn't have his Nen abilities back, he might have hired somebody to come to the island and use his name as a message to us that there's somebody here on the island who can remove the Nen trap that he's in and free him. And so we have to find that person. 
Which yep. turns out not at all to be true, but also technically the end game is still possible, so it sort of works. Um, yeah. Because it, the person using Crollo Lucifer's name isn't somebody hired by him. Well, actually, no, they say it might be. Um, it's maybe unclear, I don't know. But it's, it is Hisoka, which is the crazy, sometimes kind of rapey clown that is a major villain for most of the show up to this point, and we haven't seen him in a while. And here he is. He's back. He's on the island, too. He is using Crollo's name. The Phantom Troop members do think that maybe he is the guy that was paid off by Crollo because Hisoka's big thing is that he wants to fight Crollo. Because he's wow. all he's the classic shonen anime trope where he just wants to fight people to see who is stronger. And mm-hmm. he he got to fight Crollo at the point right after Crollo lost his nan ability, so it wasn't worth it anymore. And he yeah. would love for him to get his power back so he can see if he can beat him. Um yeah. so he's here and that's Anyways. important. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we're going to see a couple of different things that happen after this that are really game-centric. And this is actually one of my favorite parts of all of the four episodes. God, so don't you want to play next... this game? Oh my fucking god, yes I do. <laughs> um, I I was watching this, and they take them through a couple of side quests, which are like, do this thing and get this thing, do this thing, get this card. One yes. of my favorite ones is like, they have to go into this house and they have to find somebody that's like, uh, supposed to be there, but the owner of the house is just like, this person isn't here. And then when they do find the person, they're like, this person's actually here. She was hidden away in the basement, and he's just like, fuck you, and he tries to kill them, and then they knock him out. <laughs> it's so great. Like, where where is the video game of the video game arc? There's there's one of these in Yu-Gi-Oh! too. I remember when I was watching it as a kid, there's like a short, it's like maybe 10 episodes, maybe less, where they go into, they get like sucked into a digital video game and they like use the like, the monsters from the cards to play by like slightly different rules and they do like this fantasy quest using the backdrop of the Yu-Gi-Oh! card monsters and stuff and like the magic spells and shit and like you as the avatar have life points that you like try to maintain throughout the game and like it yeah, was cool I, I it was like that game actually there's it, was there's there a, a video game. game based off of it yeah it's on playstation 2 and it's super uh, i kept being like why isn't there one of those that like sounds fun i mean the game was probably just fine because the Yu-Gi-Oh games were often not that great but yeah. uh this is like this is the kind of thing where, like, it's a game in the show. Make it a game that we can play. Yeah, if it's already been made in Japan, please, for fuck's sake, tell me about it because I want to go out and play it so bad. Yeah, if you've um, got information on where we can find this. Yes, for real. Or if you're a game designer and you randomly hear about this from our anime podcast, of all things, for the love of God, make this game. You can yeah. make so much money, you guys. Anyways, well, I mean, probably um, not if you don't get the licensing, but you could make so many people happy. <laughs> Anyways, um, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna see them uh, completing all these different side quests. Um, we're also gonna see like the trade system going back and forth. Um, you know, it's gonna be dealing with um, the guy that it originally was hiring gone in Killua. Um, gonna be trying to deal with the mad bomber to to deal some of the cards. We're gonna learn more about like when people you know take too many cards and they uh, they. What is it? Uh, they monopolize a single card so nobody else can get it, so nobody else can yeah, win the game. Yeah, because some There's of the cards, the cards are based politics. off of items, and some of them have limitations to how many of those items can be converted to a card at one point. So players yeah. can 
hold on to those cards and have a monopoly on them because even if you find the item, you can't turn it into a card. And so it adds an extra level of strategy to the game and dealing with players and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 kind of dumb, but anyways, um, I mean, it, uh, it it works. Yeah. So that's going to be the end of our coverage for this week. Um, yeah. There, Next time we come back to Hunter some... X Hunter, we get to play some dodgeball, and I'm pumped. Yeah, about it's it. going to be fucking sweet. Um, stick with us after uh, the credits, and we will talk about what's on the next episode. Did you vote? Did, Did you? Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level six sound wizard. Level up. Our podcast is ad-free, and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way, too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every Sunday. On iTunes. Google Play. Stitcher. Buzzsprout. Or wherever you get your podcast from. And hey, thanks for listening. Next week on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. We're watching, um, I don't know. But yeah, but you can't complain. Yeah, if you, you didn't, didn't vote, vote, you can't complain. Yeah, for real. So. yeah let's I mean, go on about this. Why don't we? You get what you got. <laughs>